Welcome to a brand new feature on the Progress with Unity podcast, Talking Players. So what's this all about? Well, let me tell you. We're going to pick a couple of players from the Elastic Squad and speak with a representative from the club that uh, we've signed them from. And I'm very pleased to say today we're going to start off by speaking to friend of the podcast, friend of the Latics, Fulham's very own, that's right, I did say Fulham, Fulham's very own, Dan Crawford. How are you doing, Dan? Hi, Barry. Absolute pleasure to be back with you on the podcast. Buzzing to do this. We've been looking for an excuse to, to link up again, haven't we? We keep mi- missing each other with promotion and relegation, etc. But I think it must be about four years now. In fact, it is, isn't it? No, three seasons. It was uh, the night we got relegated. That was the last, last time we played Fulham. Didn't take it personally. I didn't want to bring it up either. The last time we spoke was uh, just before, uh, I think, in that season where you got horribly treated by the EFL and, and ended up having to beat us, as I remember. And even then, there was the, you know, we were hoping that the football authorities would show some common sense in terms of, you know, reducing the ridiculousness points deduction that you guys suffered. But it wasn't to be that. It wasn't to me. And I was hoping the footballing gods had looked uh, kindly on both clubs and, and let us win. And you still make the playoffs, which is what you was aiming for, weren't it, at that time? But you, you went well, up. We went we, we did, well, we, we, uh, but we, that, that inadvertently failing to get automatically promoted led to one of the best nights of, uh, of my life. But it was all obviously in COVID at that time. So we couldn't go into the matches. But um, Joe Bryan then scored from 40 yards at Wembley against Brentford. Totally outwitting the new Arsenal number one, David Raya, with an outstanding free kick. And then he scored again. And considering Joe Bryan had only scored once for us before this game, it was like, did we really watch that? Was I hallucinating? But that's how we got promoted. And then, of course, as Fulham always do, we got relegated immediately. And now what we're going to talk about, I think, is that you have three of our uh, ex-academy legend in the Atlantic squad right now. It's very exciting to... Uh, Wigan have always been... Probably my second team, but it's absolutely no longer up for debate now. <laughs> indeed, indeed. So we'll st- I think we'll start off with with a player and, and get round to to the lesser known ones to the Lessics fans. But start off with a player that we know as we're going to Lessics supporters quite well. And obviously, I know you contacted me as soon as we signed him and said, uh, this guy's going to do it for you. Stephen Humphries turned into a legend this season. He reminds me with his build and his stature as a marauding Viking. That's what I look at. When I look at him, that's what I see. I mean, how was he at full? Oh, uh, so Steve, Stevie is uh, is some guy. I will say that. I'll tell you, I met Stevie because we've just signed him from Berry in 2013. And he's actually from, from a part of Greater Manchester where a friend of mine um, is from. And he was sat watching our under-21 having just finished training. And I'll tell you, Given that you mentioned his build, I was like, this guy's massive. And I'm sort of five, I mean, we're on, we're on video now, but I, on my best day, I'm about five, eight and a half. And sometimes I'm even smaller than that. And I'm slim as anything. The stiff wind would blow me over. I'd be very good in the as a centre forward to get, get you lots of penalties. Um, <laughs> but Stevie was massive. And we just started chatting. And he was like, oh, I'm buzzing to be here, really looking forward to get going. And he's just started banging in the goals in the under-18s, in the under-21s. And we had no strikers. And we also had no no first-team strikers who could take penalties. So Stevie actually got a couple of games for the first team ahead of when he really was ready for it in the 2017 
18 season. Um, he, he came on as a substitute against Derby, uh, did really well, um, and unfortunately just got injured. He then went on loan to Shrewsbury, did really well at Shrewsbury, went on loan at Rochdale, did really well, and ended up going permanently in, in 2019 to, to Southend, scoring twice on his debut. And he became a bit of a sort of lower league goal poacher, Southend, then back to Rochdale. And I think to you, in July 2021, scored against Hull in the League Cup. Uh, and he's obviously put himself in the top tier of Wigan folklore now with those goals he scored. I'm not allowed to swear on the podcast, but people will know who he scored the goals against and where he scored them. Yes? Yeah, absolutely. A fabulous celebration as well, where he just turned around to the. We call, we refer to him as Orich. It's because it, that's where. Yeah, 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 very good. Yeah. I saw his tweet that referred to him as that. Nice saying, <laughs> Orich. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He turns to them with his arms open. But number eleven is worried. Number eleven. Now you might be surprised to know that was playing as a winger, but mm. not like not a typical winger. Uh, more, he doesn't dribble past players. He knocks them out of the way. If he gets the ball down you know, on the floor and he steam, and there's always two players marking him and he steams through. His goal on Saturday, he scored on Saturday uh, our opening goal against Cambridge United and it was an absolute corker. He's been playing on the left, so but he moved on to the right and we had a debate on the podcast whether he's left-footed or right-footed. Now, Adam, uh, who, who does the podcast with me, reckons he's... Yes, I remember. That, yeah, the, the, yeah. the rare breed of footballer who is actually two-footed so he curled an absolute beauty from, from 18 yards with power and precision, and it curled right and, and set us up for the win on Saturday. But again, he, he's, he's taken the ball, he's trapped it, he's cut inside, he's gone round two or three players, he's done a step over, and then bang into the far corner. Absolute beauty. This season, Dan, I think it's his season. He started off in really good form. He's got three goals and one assist in seven games so far. He went on loan last season to Hearts. He only scored three goals all season. Now, one of those goals was ended up as the Scottish goal of the season, which he hit from the halfway line. But that's Still the, talking about it now, I think. Uh, that's the stature of the man. And they reckon if there wasn't a net in the goals, it would still be going now, never mind talking about <laughs> it now. So I think Stevie Humphreys, this is going to be a big season for him. Uh, seems I'm, to glad be- I'm glad, because he always had the potential. He's from um, he's from Hayward, and he's always had the potential. I mean, I did laugh when I saw that he's suddenly now a left winger, because, yeah, that's just funny. But... He's always had the potential. We felt, he, and he's someone who tries his very best. He loves playing football. He's very, he, he's committed to, he understands the importance of football being a fanatical fan himself. I'm just really pleased because he had a horrible run with injuries, both that Fulham and, and subsequently. He's got great talent and he's just a good guy in a world where all the things happen. It's nice when good people do well, isn't it, Dan? Do you know something? If you, if you detach yourself from, from the emotion of everything, when you look at him playing and consider the first season he joined, I think one of the, the things that probably affected him was the fact that he wasn't a regular in the team. And I think it, it did dampen his, his performances a little bit. Never, ever let us down when he played. But you could see he lost that that smile in his game a little bit. But definitely this season, that that's the it's back. I think that's his place in the team. He's, he's cemented. I can't see him being left out for a tactical or, or any other reason, to be honest. He's absolutely buzzing. He's flying at the moment. And the, the fans love him anyway, like you say. He's a big character and the fans love him. Probably benefits from having um, Sean Maloney as a manager, no? This move to be a winger, to add a bit more to his game, can learn from someone who, who certainly was a, a presence on the wing and in the forward areas for, for, for your club and, and for many others as well. Well, that's that's uh, 
brilliant point that Dan because Maloney at the weekend spoke about how uh, Humphreys has, has listened during pre-season and took everything on board that he wanted and he said he's, he's more than happy with him with the way he's you know, committed himself to, to what Maloney's bringing to the club we're buzzing I'm so excited about this season and, uh, and Stevie as well I think he's going to be a massive player this season for us right let's move on to another player now this one is uh, somebody who's really ignited the uh, excitement factor at the club We've seen the clips on, on YouTube and, and uh, on Fulham TV of him uh, playing for your development squad. I do believe you, you picked him up from Margate. Is Would that be true? And we're, obviously, we're talking about Marshall. It's his surname. Is it Godot? Is that how we're pronouncing it? Waiting for Godot. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Yes. So that's who we're talking about. So he played on Saturday, made his, uh, his senior debut played for Wigan Athletic and he was breathtaking. He was absolutely breathtaking and, and got an assist. What can you tell us, Dan? What can you tell us about Marshall? What can't I tell you about Marshall? We really like him. We did get him from Margate, but he was dual registered with Dartford and he played sort of 20, 25 games for, for Margate in all competitions. And you've seen him in the flesh now. It might have been his senior debut for, for the Latics, obviously. It's not his senior debut because he played for us in the League Cup on a night as a substitute at Crawley Town last year, on a night when no other Fulham players turned up. Crawley didn't win any of their first 10 games, apart from dumping us out of the League Cup on a night where it seemed like a few senior players were sort of strolling about. Marshall had been so good for our under-21s that Marco Silva was like, right, you're in the squad, come and have a taste of it. And at half-time, they stuck him on through the middle and... We were 2 0 down, and uh, he almost single handedly got us back in the game. We didn't score, but he got us looking a little bit lively. Marcel's story is, is really interesting. So he was um, dual registered between Dartford and Margate, did really well for Margate, got a trial at Fulham, and by all accounts, they wanted to sign him within 20 minutes of seeing him on the, on, on the training pitch. You know, you always get these players, and people don't. Oh, they found one here. And you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, my nan's friend always said that bloke was going to be a player and turned out he had two left feet. But Marshall, he just has that ability to excite people, get them out of their seat. You know, he likes to try things. He's another one who's exceptionally well-grounded, a very humble young man and gives absolutely everything. But he values his role as an entertainer. He wants to take on the fullback. So he can play either side. He loves terrorising these fullbacks. He can play through the middle as a striker. He's got a great shot on him. And he was just fantastic for our um, under-21. So uh, nine goals in 22-23. That was the first season, nine league goals. That was the first season that Fulham had gone back to the top the top tier of what is the PL2. They've changed it again now. So it's like we all play in one league. And this season, he started off like a house on fire. Uh, so he's just won, as you will know, because they took the the pictures in the Latics shirt and at the training ground. He's just won the PL2 Player of the Month for August because his August was exceptional. He scored five goals in three league matches, a couple of assists for good measure. One of them was a 97th minute winner at Wolves when we were 1-0 down going into the 90th minute. And he made the, the equaliser for good measure. He scored a couple of goals against Crystal Palace. Always good to get a London Derby win. And we were just talking before we came on, we were hoping he might play in the Football League trophy against Leicester. But he's already played for us in that uh, scored a stunning goal at Portsmouth where we were down to 10 men for 60 minutes 
And Marcel just took it into his own hands to sort of score a stunning goal. And we got a 3-3 draw. And of course, Fulham being Fulham, we lost on penalties. He didn't take them, by the way. And he, he was so exceptional that obviously Wigan decided they were going to take a punt on him. And he's had to be a bit patient waiting for, for his debut. But it wasn't a bad debut, was it, Baron? No, it wasn't. Just <clears throat> quickly before I forget, two things, sir. The game against Crawley, playing for Crawley that day, was James Balagizzi, uh, who we've got on loan from Liverpool at the moment. So I wonder if, if he said, hey, there was a there was a guy playing for Fulham in that game. Take a look at him. I think Balagizzi scored the goal as he well. He did. One of yes. the goals. And Marco Silva, according to Sean Maloney, Marco Silva was was really up for getting uh, for getting Marshall to come up and get into it, you know, for his development to come to Wigan Athletic. So I I think that's a good sign as well. Your manager can see the potential of him coming and playing first team football week in, week out, and hoping to, to build because he's only 20, isn't he? He's still, he's still a, a kid. Tell him he's a kid, mate. He, he's playing with, the big, playing with the big man now and he loves it. What I would say just on that, we've had a highly rated academy for, for some time now, but finding the right destination for some of our best young talents and picking the moment when you let them go and play is really important. So there's been a change of approach from Fulham in the last sort of, since Marco Silva has been in charge, we've got a nice triumvirate at the academy. Uh, Marco Silva is obviously the, the head coach and as we've seen about him, we say something rude about Scott Parker and then we've seen Marco Silva is a genius. Marco's obviously the first team um, coach. You've got Malcolm Elias, who's the head of talent ID. Hugh Jennings, it was instrumental, those two instrumental in setting up the Southampton Academy. They discovered Gareth Bale and Theo Walcott and James Ward Prowse, amongst others. Um, they, they came to Fulham um, some time ago. They've been joined more recently by Sean Cullen, uh, the Academy Director. And Hayden Mullins is now the new under-21 coach. But the change in approach has been we've jealously guarded our prized asset uh, in the Academy to prevent other people from seeing them. That doesn't really work as sort of Patrick Roberts, uh, Emerson Hyman, Moussa Dembele, Fabio Carvalho will attest to. You know, the best teams have access to all this stuff. And Liverpool, Harvey Elliott, Liverpool are very adept at nicking all our players and not paying us uh, for them. So we've had to uh, change the approach and find really good clubs that will give young talent a chance. I think Marshall just fancied a really good pie. You know, he's obviously had a really good pie before the game on Saturday and that's fired him up to produce what what was an incredible performance. But it's no surprise, you know, he's got all of that in his locker and then more. Uh, he's got a great shot on him. I'm not sure you've seen it yet because I think you only have one shot yeah. uh, on Saturday. But he made the goal for... Uh, for the, the, what turned out to be the winning goal with a lovely bit of fancy footwork. And, and, and... One of the reasons I think Marco Silva might, might have been pushing for him to come to, to the Latics is Sean Maloney's philosophy on playing young players. The, the, the guy who knocked the ball over is, uh, was our skipper for the day, a 19-year-old skipper, centre-half, Charlie Hughes, who, Dan... Player. Yeah. yeah, he's an absolute gem of a player. And, and we can't hide him anymore because he's, he's, he's in the spotlight. Do you know he's got the... Top dribble completion in League One, and he's a centre half. That's how good he is. He's the Franz Beckenbauer of Wigan. I mean, what more can you say? <laughs> he's absolutely brilliant. Talking of, of Marshall again, were you saying he can play on either wing? He did that on Saturday. He swapped him and Stevie Humphries swapped over halfway through the games. So we saw we saw a glimpse of that. I'm really excited. Really, really excited. I think out wide we've got good threats in our team, and. and both of them are, are, are Fulham, former Fulham players. I'm saying former. I know Marshall is one of yours and we'll dream about keeping him at the end of the season. But 
Uh, well, if he all... does well, you can have him for another year in the in the championship, mate. When you get promoted, right? Yeah, well, that that's just part of the development, isn't it? But if if he does set League One alight, I'm sure Fulham will be, you know, hoping he's at 21, tw- going on for 22. They'll be hoping he's going to start breaking into into the first team. I should imagine. Yeah, I mean, it's just tough. The 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 thing is for the young for young players nowadays. When you've been in the, in the academy setup and you, you're told you're at a you're at a category one academy and the first teams in the Premier League, you do think your progression is into the senior squad. And um, but the big clubs and even ourselves, we go out and buy to upgrade our senior squad regularly uh, when we're not um, losing people carelessly to Saudi Arabia. We won't talk about that. The problem for young players is there's always a, a, a new signing, and sometimes, and as happened with with the third gentleman we're going to speak about. Um, sometimes you just keep getting someone coming in front of you who does unbelievably well. And I think the key is playing first-team football because you mentioned Mar- Marshall's age and probably with Stevie Humphreys as well, you need that first-team football, regular football. And you develop so much as a, a, as a footballer by playing. What I hate about modern football is people are snobbish about, oh, well, he's playing at this level and he can't do it at that level and it's only League One or whatever. Well, I'll tell you what, when you started playing in parks and academy games with 100, 200 people there, coming to a place like Wigan, because the atmosphere is incredible, coming to a place like Wigan, 10,000 there on, on Saturday wasn't there, make make one out of a racket, it's proper football and there's no hiding place. And you just develop so much as a as a as a person. Never mind a footballer but having the experience. Well you mentioned him there in, in passing, the third player we're going to speak about, Stephen Sessignon. We signed him on a two year deal. I was absolutely gobsmacked that we got him on a permanent, to be honest with you, because I remember when Ryan Sessignon left Fulham, who went off to Pastures New at the Spurs, and Stephen seemed to be the natural progression at the club for, for his spot in the side. He said, I hadn't really followed his career but I saw his name popping up. And then last season, I noticed he was playing for Charlton Athletic, which again was a big surprise. Stevie's a great guy, for one thing, and he'll love me for telling you this story. But when Stevie joined Fulham at eight with his brother and they went to school right down the road from the uh, from the training ground at, at Coombe Boys School, they're from Roehampton and they're from a great family of prodigious footballers. Their elder brother, Chris, played for Margate, funnily enough. He, he would like you to tell me that he's a box-to-box central midfielder and, and world-class. But Stevie was actually thought of as the better of the twin brothers. Uh, he could play right wing, left wing and and more, and then became a, a fullback. He won the under-17 World Cup with England. But unfortunately, when he was about 14 or 15, he had a succession of serious injuries. So Ryan took his opportunity in the age group sides and kicked on. And Stevie was sort of on the treatment table. He still came through to play for Fulham senior side, most notably under uh, Scott Parker, who we don't like to talk about because he mismanaged um, so many of our talents, uh, including Stevie himself. Stevie had a great uh, senior league debut um, at Huddersfield and then got dropped shortly afterwards for being blamed for a home defeat by Nottingham Forest that wasn't really his fault and then never really got back in the team for us and struggled with injuries but he's had some really good football league experience he was released by Fulham at the end of last season but he had a really successful loan with Charlton Athletic where they were playing him as an inverted left wing back a really interesting tactical approach but he he, he did really well and I think he's just coming off another injury just now because he hasn't been been training 
uh, with anybody for, for a little while. But I know he was at the game on Saturday, and I know he's another one who's really looking forward to it. Stevie has a great defensive ability, a wonderful temperament, and he does an awful lot, certainly in my, in my roles with the Fulham Sports Trust and various football-related charities. Stevie would always turn around, uh, turn up, sorry, uh, and go around and meet everybody. And he's a, he's a wonderful fit with the community club that is Wigan Athletic. So, you know, I wish him all the best and, and uh, hope you get to see him sooner or later. He's sounding certainly excited a lot of the fan base, uh, me, myself included, because I had noticed him coming through at Fulham once Ryan had left. To be honest with you, I, I wasn't sure they were twins. I didn't know a great deal about them. I, I sort of assumed he was his younger brother. He might be his younger brother. I mean, they might be 20 minutes apart. You never know, do you? I think uh, he's older, actually. 10 minutes yeah. Well, I got that wrong. <laughs> yeah, so I'm really looking forward to him. I think, you know, he's, he's here for two years. It gives him a chance to to kick on his career again, doesn't it? And it gives us a chance to to progress with Assassin uh, Young in, in the side. And I think it's, it's, they're related to Stefan as well, aren't they? Stephen, yeah, Stephen, yeah, Stefan Sestamon is a cousin. And I, and I should say, Stephen, Stephen will absolutely kill me if I don't mention that he was part of the team that got us uh, promoted as it was... As, as I was talking about during the pandemic in, in, in 2020, he played, I think, 15 regular season games. And he almost ran on the pit when Joe Bryan scored that fantastic free kick, which probably would have got him a yellow card. You get a yellow card for anything these days. He, he definitely did run on the pit, having been a non-playing substitute in 2018 when we beat uh, Aston Villa at, at Wembley. He's just an infectious guy. And like I was saying with, with Stevie Humphreys, you just want those people to do to do well. He's got great ability um, and he just needs a clear run. So I think Wigan would have a really wonderful and exciting right side if you had Stephen Sessegnon on at right back. He can also play on the wing. He could play left back. But uh, he uh, could ball up and down that right side. Feed Marshall if he's playing on the right side, or even Stephen Humphreys as a as a left winger. That's still causing me to chuckle. And in my younger days and their younger days, I spent a lot of time watching Stephen Sessegnon hit Stevie Humphreys with pinpoint crosses for fun. So hopefully, what's in our past and in in part of Fulham Academy folklore becomes uh, Wigan's present in very short order. Yeah, sounds uh, really exciting, that, Dan. Something for us to look forward to. Listen, I've kept you long enough today. You are, a, like I mentioned before, you are a, a, not only a friend of the podcast, but a friend of the club. And we'll never forget what Fulham fans and yourself did during our administration. Uh, you stood alongside us and supported us financially as, as, as well as, you know, spiritually. We're indebted forever for that. And I'm, I'm looking forward to the chance to, to come down to the Thames and, and spend... Uh, an afternoon with you as uh, as equals when we end up in the same division at some point in the not too distant future. Let's just hope it's in the Premier League and uh, and we can resume some of those battles on the pitch. But always an absolute pleasure to talk to you. Best of luck for the uh, for the season, and uh, I'm always happy to come on and uh, and chat about the the next great player you're going to sign from Fulham. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers, Dan. Thank you very much. Thanks for joining us on uh, Talking Players. Thank you. 